Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And uh, I think we'll go with our review of the we week. We will go with our review of the week. This is a little bit of a longer one, so I'm glad that we have um, an extra minute to do it. Not that I wouldn't have taken that time anyway, but you know. But this came <laughs> from an email. And this is from Kayla. And she says... Hi, Diane and Abby. I subscribed to your podcast months ago, but never listened until today. I was nursing my almost two-year-old, and I have—I was feeling really icky, nursing aversion, and thought I needed something to distract myself from this. I know they have an episode about this, and lo and behold, I found it and listened. I could relate to every word. I just wanted to say thank you. It's nice to hear about nursing aversions and the feeling of running through a brick wall on such a large platform. These are the feelings I have most times when I'm feeding Zarek. It's like... You love your child, but you just want them to get the hell off of you. Secondly, I listened to the Nursing in Public Part 3 episode, and you said there was a scenario, if there was a scenario that we were harassed or discriminated, let you know while breastfeeding in public, reach out. It actually occurred at the DMV of all places. Since I was only maternity leave and before that rarely driving, I didn't realize my license had expired. My husband drove me and our then two-month-old to get it renewed. And while I was taking the test, my husband ran in to give him our son to give me our son to feed he went up to the testing agent and told her that i had to feed him and he was a breastfed baby he walked up to me and gave me our son and left the area long story short she ran over to me once she realized what was going on and made a huge scene she was like no 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 i wouldn't have allowed him to be over here if that's what you were going to do i'll suspend your test and you take it later but you can't feed him in here the more she was going on the more people were staring at me I said, yes, I can. She was like, no, you can't. There are others taking their tests, and this is inappropriate. I said, I don't care about anyone else. I just have to feed him. I'm sitting here finishing my test. I turned back to the computer, and she said, ma'am. And then I said, you know what? What you're doing is illegal, and not only can I feed in this is a public state-owned facility, and you're violating our state laws. If I wanted to, I could sue you, and all I'm trying to do is get my license. I turned and finished. Before I left, I told the supervisor what happened, and they apologized. Anyways, that was my experience at the DMV in Illinois. So maybe it was the same one that you might go to. Oh, God. I thoroughly enjoy your podcast. Keep normalizing breastfeeding, Kayla. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Like, I am so impressed that at two months in, she was like, had that get away from me. This is what I'm doing. And I don't care what you say. And I think everybody yeah. should feel like that. But I feel like so many times we're so just we get so shunned by it that we just kind of crawl in a hole and go, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean like what a vulnerable time, oh right? You have a newborn and then you're at the DMV. Like what a clashing of like two worlds. Ugh. And like, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed and you know, to just be like, Oh God, I just want to avoid confrontation or I just want to. Right. And I mean, at the whatever, but you really can just tell people off the DMV at any given time. There's like a hundred people in there. You know, right. and to have everybody like staring at you because this woman is making a fuss about it. Like, right, right. Oh, it's a good job. Kate. I know. And, you know, when people do that and when they humiliate you and scare you and make you feel this like that's just stuff taken from you that can't ever be given back. You know, you can't ever take that experience away from that person now. No. Now that's like that's something that she'll always have to remember. Right. And, and I mean, and she was she said that was the baby was two months old. She's writing this email as she's nursing a two-year-old so that was yeah. you know and come on how much stuff do you she really remembers remember every detail in the first two months of your baby's life you like most of that stuff goes out the window because you're so sleep deprived but she remembers every detail 
She probably, if she went into that DMV today, she probably would recognize that person. You know, it's just crazy. That sticks yep. with you. I know. So thank you so much, Kayla, for sharing that with us because it is definitely, I hope, I hope people in the DMV that day, like, learned something from it. Really. I hope they did. I hope they took, they yeah. took away going, yeah. Yeah. Everybody should breastfeed in the DMV. So. Right. <laughs> right. That's why you need more in the DMV anyway. What a horrible place. I know. Wouldn't it be much nicer if it was just a bunch of breastfeeders? <laughs> It'd be so be? much more, much like, more peaceful. DMV is just awful. Yeah. And who needs to freaking renew their license during maternity leave? Ugh. It sucks. It's like the last thing anybody Ugh. wants to do. I know. I can't take it. But okay. That's, so that's our review of the week. So definitely you guys send us your reviews. We love them. I know I say that every week, but I really do. I love to read them. If you could send them through iTunes, that's the best way because it helps the podcast so much. Um, if you can't, but you still want to send us a review, you can send it through our, our website, email, badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, um, and we will, you know, read them on the air. We love to hear the stuff. And obviously, too, like, these stories empower other mothers. So this is really important to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so today... <laughs> Well, we talk about the elephant in the room. I don't even know if it's an elephant in the room at this point. It's you know, I feel like hurricane in the room. We have to do an episode on this. If we don't, like we're shunned from society. I think you know, like we have to. I know you have to talk about it. Nobody no, wants I want to, talk to about anyway it. because there's so much information going around out there, and so and I've posted a few things about breastfeeding and COVID-19 and people are like, oh my god, I didn't know, and you know, so there's people who just don't know who are worrying. Um, right now, who's not worrying? I mean, everybody's right. worrying. And then if you have a newborn, you're probably worrying more. If you're pregnant, you're probably even worrying more. Um, I got, um, you know, I've gotten messages from people. So people want to know, people need to know. And you know, there's this information. There's people who are very like news focused and look at everything that's going on. And then there's people that aren't news focused and don't really know. And they're just kind of like hearing whatever anybody is, you know, kind of random things that may or may not be accurate. And especially when you're a new mom, like you're not focused on the news when you're a new mom. I'm sorry. Right. You're just not. No, you shouldn't ever be focused on the no. news. I mean, focused on the news. That's just. No, it's. A... I think they've pretty much confirmed that that's like really detrimental to your mental yeah. health. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't have, if you're like a new mom and you're like, oh my gosh, how does this impact me? And you just have people in your ear going, oh, you know, this is out there. Don't breastfeed. It's really dangerous, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's why we're doing this podcast today so that we right. can give you the information that you need without having right. to search it out. Somewhere. Yeah. And we're not going to, we're not going to talk about like COVID-19 and the science behind it and the symptoms and all this. Like we talk a lot about like doctors on this podcast <laughs> and how, you know, doctors need to stay in their lane. Well, we have found ourselves right in the middle of their lane. I know. <laughs> this is like, you know, this is where your doctors are. This is what they're for. The infectious disease experts, all these people out there, like, you know, we know what our lane is and we know where their lane is. And this is their lane, uh -huh. you know, especially when, I mean, you know, just in general, this is like they are driving this ship and we are trusting them and they are the ones doing the research and giving this us the information. And thank God for them. This is what we mean. This is what they're for. Yes, this is what they're this for. is what they're good at. Mm -hmm. This is what they're doing for us. And this is how they're going to get us through this. Um. So we're not going to go into the science behind it because you can find that at the CDC. You can find it at the World Health Organization. You can find it from your doctor. You know, your doctor knows. If you have questions, your doctor knows. 
Um, now the breastfeeding piece. That's something that we can help you with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And it's pretty simple. I mean, pretty much all you need to know is keep breastfeeding. And it's not just because that's what we say about everything. It's because it's true. Um, thankfully, new moms are really great at social distancing anyway and like we didn't call it that but we're (laughs) everybody was like you know a lot of new moms especially like we're still well i mean half the country is still in winter but i mean you have a new baby not most people aren't like oh yeah let me go to a restaurant or let me go you know out shopping with my brand newborn like that doesn't usually happen so that's perfectly fine but then you have your moms who you know, maybe you're six months, nine months in and you go to play groups every week and, you know, you do stuff. And that is really hard now that you're kind of uh, been, yeah. been separated from all of that stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about that stuff, too. But as far as like the breastfeeding piece. Yeah, we we need to really there should be no interruption there at all. No, but breast milk is the best thing for your baby right now. And we say that we say that as you if you're a healthy person and we're saying that also to people who may suspect that they have COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Keep breastfeeding. Yes. Like with any other virus. And that's what they are saying. That's not just coming from yeah. us because we're advocates. That's what is being said in the world around right. the world about breastfeeding right. with Exactly. This. Right. And we can put the resources to the World Health Organization. I just found I was struggling to find the information right before we started the podcast. But I found, um, yeah, I found a good little um, it's a Q&A on COVID-19 pregnancy, childbirth and breastfeeding from the World Health Organization, which is the greatest organization. Um, And I'll get to that in a second, too. Um, and it's all these little questions like, um, are pregnant women at higher risk? Am I, I'm pregnant. How can I protect myself? Should pregnant women be tested? Um, can, you know, all these, all the way down through breastfeeding and birth and, um, so you can get your information there, but basically keep breastfeeding. Yeah. Keep breastfeeding. And if you, you know, you're, you know, the whole thing of like, oh, I think I'm coming down with something. It could be COVID-19. I need to separate myself. I should isolate myself from my baby. You know, viruses don't work like that. Your baby's already infected. Yeah. You know, you don't, viruses are in your body for days, weeks before you come down with symptoms. So it's not, it's just, it's already, you're already there. Separating yourself from your baby is, is, first of all, not helpful and it's not needed. What your baby needs is breast milk. The breast milk already ha- carries the antibodies to kill the virus. So they are better off than anybody, honestly. Like, they are yeah. better off than anybody else. And they're sure better off than you are. <laughs> but don't, you know, like, practice, obviously, good... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Hygiene. You know, yes. Good this hygiene. Is what you need to do. Yeah. Just, you know, the still the you washing need- the hands. If you're coughing, don't cough on your baby's face. You know, like, obviously, stuff like that. But... Um, Absolutely. The breast milk is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know that there are some moms out there who are really like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust that information. I want to, you know, I want to, maybe I shouldn't be breastfeeding. Keep in mind, and if anybody tells you this, too, this is a really, really important piece to keep in mind. Breastfeeding in emergencies is a really big deal. You know how hard it is for people to be getting formula right now? This is a big deal. 
So it is not only just the fact that this is the most important thing for your baby to keep them healthy. This is also important to be feeding them because if you abandon that and only go to formula, if this stays the way it is right now, and we don't know how long it's going to be like this, but we have people. People are hoarding people formula. People are hoarding and formula. And you're having a hard time getting a hold of it. We have seen that. Or we saw that very early on. The first week of this in my town, people were looking for formula. So this is, uh, that's a really important piece to remember. And we talk about that, like the whole, one of the, um, one of the years, it wasn't that long ago. Maybe you even remember what year it was where they did breast, you know, the World Breastfeeding Week. The theme was breastfeeding in emergencies. Oh. And that's and that really was not that long ago, but it was all about like, you know, the hurricanes and, the you know, the uh, yeah. earthquakes and things like that, where all of a sudden you go from being able to feed your baby to boom, there's a huge disaster and nothing is available to you, like way faster than this hit us, you know, and yeah. talked about how important it is, because if you're not breastfeeding your baby and you're formula feeding and all of a sudden that happens, what do you do? Yeah, it's not like us that can go from, well, I was really enjoying those tofu dogs and the, you know, pepperoni pizza to like, well, I can live off of rice and beans. Right. Your baby needs something very specific. And if you can't find it, you're really out of luck. Yeah. You know, like you're really, in, you're really in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I remember with the Haiti, the, the um, big earthquake in Haiti, they were shipping breast milk. So they were looking for donors and shipping breast milk there because there was no way to get formula or clean water. So, um, and that's the kind of stuff that nobody really thinks that much about when an emergency hits. We never think about these little babies and how they're going to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So So keep breastfeeding. And the World Health Organization even says on here, it says, well, uh, it says, um, it says keep breastfeeding. Um, People with COVID-19 can breastfeed if they wish to do so. Practice respiratory hygiene, which like you said, don't cough in your baby's face. You can even wrap a scarf around your face or um like that if to just to keep the little droplets from going in their face mm-hmm. um wash your hands um clean surfaces it's all the same recommendations that are going right now even if you're not breastfeeding um and then can i touch my newborn so this is the, a lot of like should i isolate myself from my newborn it says can i touch and hold my newborn if i have covid19 it says yes close contact and early exclusive breastfeeding helps a baby to thrive you should be supported to breastfeed safely with good hygiene. Hold your newborn baby skin to skin and share a room with your baby. Don't put them in a different Why? room. It's not their fault. No, keep them in their <laughs> No. No, and keeping them in the room keeps your, you know, your your you know, it's this we can go on to the whole co-sleeping um discussion now. It's it's just, you know, it's, it's just safer. You know, you're it's better for your milk supply, it's better for you to monitor your baby. And it's better for your, you know, your breast milk to be making those antibodies. Um, and then it just mentions more of the, um, you know, washing your hands and don't touch your face. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing that I think we should bring up, <clears throat> which you're probably already doing, but just to like drive it home. Don't let people come over and visit your new baby. Let that go. Don't let people come over right yeah. now. That's what they're asking is not this whole... Well, I mean, I'm in Chicago, so we're in like a full-on shelter-in-place thing, which is people are not supposed to be moving around, which they are. But um, but you still have some places that are are kind of like, uh, you know, stay inside. Or maybe, you know, my husband and I were talking about this the other day where like 
I'm in New York. And granted, I'm not New York City. I'm upstate New York. But we still, like, in my county, we still have, like, several hundred cases roaming around in our county. So, like, it is – New York is really, like, the place. But there are some places that are not as infected. Yeah. And that's – I think I read something – it was, like, yesterday or the day before or something. It was, like, 19 states – there are 19 states that have like less than 200 cases right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. But still, and, and if, so let's keep it that way. And if you live in one of those places, like maybe still kind of keep it really low key where people want to come over and visit you with your new baby. They yeah. can come drop food on your front porch and, you know, wave at the baby through the window. And that's it. Like it really, you're also more susceptible after you have a baby too, because your resistance is lower and it really just keep those people away from you for a little while. It's hard. And everybody wants to see that yeah. you and the baby and you might be bored. If you have a baby that's a little bit older, you're maybe not in that newborn phase, but it's just really important right now to keep them away from you. Yes. And let's talk. It's 17 minutes, Diane. Oh, so <laughs> I know. Um, so I'm going to take a break for a second and just let you know that um, we are going to be putting a bunch of resources on our website, um, a bunch that we haven't even talked about yet. <laughs> um, so <laughs> um, we'll put the CDC stuff on there, the um, well, the World Health Organization stuff, and I'll tell you why we're putting the World Health Organization stuff on there. Um, and uh, so go to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You can get all further information. You can get um, all of our other episodes. You can check the, um, like I said, the links. And then we have sponsors and their promo codes and stuff that you can look at. And Diane is working less and upping, uh, upping her um, online consultations. So now is a really great time. If you need a lactation consultant, you probably won't be able to see one face to face, face, to face as easily. Right. Um, and I would recommend Diane anyway. <laughs> even if it's just like online. So check that out. You can go to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and sign up for a um, consultation with Diane. Um, you do a lot over video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. You could talk- Nowadays, uh, she just needs to see you. Yeah. She could see you fine. Yeah. So it's good. It's all good. Um, um, yeah. And, so it's cool. And then we have our breastfeeding tip of the week, which I forgot about for a second. Whoop. And this is by um, Isabel Henderson. And she says, nursing isn't just for food. It's also for comfort. And you can't spoil a baby with comfort. I hate that statement. They're on their boob again. Must not be getting enough. And I thank you, Isabel Henderson, because I totally agree with that. Um, Especially we're talking about right now. We're talking about stressful times. And, um, you know, your baby is new or older or whatever. Your kids are minor eight and five. Mm -hmm. Um, Minor older, yeah. Yeah, yours are teenagers. Like, they know what's... Obviously, the teenagers know what's going on. My kids kind of know what's going on. Your baby doesn't know what's going on. But they can feel all of this. Mm -hmm. They can feel the change in routine. They can feel our anxiety. They know... Everybody knows something's going on on some level. And continuing to breastfeed and continuing to, you know, to realize that breastfeeding is so much more than food, that it's comfort, that it's safety and security... Um, that this is just the best thing that you can be doing right now for yourself and for your baby. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's so much more than food. Kind of lets you escape from the world for a few minutes, which is nice. Yes. We should take all of those opportunities right now. Cause it's getting real out there. <sighs> uh, so what else you got I for mean, us? Yeah. So let's switch over to the, um, the recommendations now that are coming from the CDC. Now, listen, if you haven't heard this, 
Take a deep breath and don't panic, okay? The CDC has now started to suggest on their website that when a, if a mother has, is tested positive or suspected of having COVID-19, that they recommend considering separating the baby from the mom. Now, don't panic because everyone thinks that's ridiculous, including the World Health Organization and Dr. Jack Newman, who is um, being interviewed by the lovely lady at Mother Baby Sleep. You've heard me talk about that page before. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yep. She got Dr. Jack Newman, who is a pediatrician in Canada, very well known, head of the Newman Breastfeeding Clinic there. Um, He says, you know, the CDC is, as usual, um, you know, kind of overly strict or, you know, just sort of not, using the best science for things and just kind of off doing their own thing. Right. There is no other health organization that is recommending this. And even the CDC says like, yeah, maybe you should consider it. Talk to the mom, see what she wants to do. You know, the final decision should be, you know, individual, whatever. So it's not this sweeping thing, mandatory thing or whatever, but, um, but it is, there are, there is being talk about it. The World Health Organization is not saying anything like that. Like you just heard, they are suggesting continuing breastfeeding, continuing close contact. It doesn't make any sense because people who have been, you know, exposed to the virus, you know, beforehand, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. The best thing you can do is keep your baby close and breastfeed them. Yeah. This is what the World Health Organization is saying right now. And they are... In my, I mean, I think that they're the best ones to listen to, right? Well, the CDC, <clears throat> no, correct me if I'm wrong, but the CDC is just a United States thing, right? It's just United States, and they are always doing their own thing. Right. And they're just like the United States is always doing their own thing and not going along with what like the, the rest of the world <laughs> and the scientists and everything are like, hey, this is the what we think is best. We're all going to get together and say this. The CDC is just like, nah, we're just going to do whatever we want. Oh, we'll just do this. Well, we just like, it, it, if you think about the CDC, so, and we also have a lot of listeners that are worldwide. So the CDC yeah. is United States. There's women all over the world who don't birth in hospitals. They birth in birthing centers. They birth at right. home. They birth, you know, they birth in a birthing center and then they go home within a few hours and they get followed up at home. So obviously this wouldn't apply. So the CDC right. is really looking at like one small pocket of people that are birthing in a hospital where this separation well, would happen. Right. And what hospital can do that right now? It's ridiculous. It's not. This is a ridiculous thing to suggest that people need to do or should consider. First of all, hospitals are completely overloaded right now. Right. And no, not that second of all. First of all, mom and baby should be together. That's the end of the end of story. Like it just, end of story. Yeah. They need to be together and we need to not be threatening this on parents right now. It's causing too much panic. I got a message from um, a woman the other day saying that she 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 was describing herself as like gut wrenchingly, hand wringingly, freaking out about her birth coming up in the next few weeks. And so you know, I I mean, I really had to talk her off the ledge because she's freaking out, which I'm sure. It must be so hard to be pregnant right now and to, you know, think about going into a hospital and having a baby and wondering kind of, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but this is not this is first of all, the CDC is mentioning. So they're not saying it has to happen. They're saying that this could, you know, could be considered. Don't consider it. Advocate for yourself. 
refer to the to the World Health Organization's recommendations if you want. You can go to the website um, that we'll put on the on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and just say, no, this is not an option for me and my family. Now, the other thing that comes with this now, several years ago when I worked in the hospital system, it was one of the years where the flu was really bad. And they talked about, they might've even done this. I might've blocked it out because it was so ridiculous, but they were attempting to separate moms and babies. If mom came in with flu-like symptoms, who in labor doesn't have a flu-like symptom? I'm sorry. I have flu-like symptoms every other day. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're in labor, you come in in labor, right? You yeah, have fever. Yeah. Oh, I think I have the flu. Right? You, you've got a fever. You're gas- you might, you know, have diarrhea because your system's cleaning out. You, you know, you spike a fever because you're in labor. You've got an epidural that causes you're a fever. Throwing up every you're year. Throwing up. Year. Right. Mm-hmm. Like those are flu like symptoms. They, if they, if they even pull that stuff on you at all, be like, well, aren't those the same symptoms that you would have when you are in labor? Like really advocate for yourself. I know that this is going to be hard to advocate for yourself while you're trying to have a baby, for God's sakes. You shouldn't have to, but you might have to. It, you, Yeah, you might have to, but I'm also thinking it might be okay because, again, the hospitals are so overloaded right sure. now that, that you know, they might, they might, I don't know what the, I don't know what in general, like, you know, the um, reaction of labor and delivery um, staff right now are, are of this, you know, recommendation by the CDC. They might just be like, what? You're out of your mind. We don't have space for that. We yeah. don't have time for that. You know, this is a this is a epic health crisis in America right now. We don't have it's beyond that. Right. Most a lot of hospitals. I'm not going to say most, but a lot of hospitals do not have separate nurseries anymore. So there is not a yeah. place for your baby to go other than your room. That and which is where your baby should right. be. End of story. Don't take any other shit. No. I mean, oops. Can I? Say yeah, that? that's fine. Okay, but in New York right now, they were because New York is losing their minds. They were debating for a while this this week to keep partners out of the room. Oh, I know. I was hearing yeah. this nonsense. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they finally said, "Okay, we'll we'll allow it." Oh, thanks. We'll allow it. Okay. Yeah, like your partner's not going to be there when you're having a baby. Come on. Yeah, and for what reason? Because they were just with you. Before you got there. Right. Let's say they don't infect you with COVID-19. I mean, like... Because the- they don't want... What? They don't want to have one more person in the room? How about you take out the resident? How about you take out the student? How about you take How, out Take out people? the 20 other people. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, that's, that's unacceptable. Yeah. That's completely unacceptable. Yeah. Okay. What else um, we got? Okay. What other so resources? Do you, yeah. So, okay. So, um, we were going to talk a little bit, uh, you know, about the... Because about the, everybody's now... Um, oh my God, we're homeschooling. So if you're listening, probably if you're listening to this, you have a baby that you're breastfeeding and you might not have older kids. Um, if you have older kids, there's a lot of like resources going around about all the museums that are doing virtual tours, like lots of curriculum that you can be doing, you know, like Harvard, all the big universities are putting classes online and all these cool things are happening. Um, that's awesome. I'll put that stuff on the website. Um, I also would just like to say that you are not homeschooling. As a homeschooler, I take offense to the um, assumption that homeschooling is crisis schooling and isolation. That is not what we do. No. Um, This is a totally unique situation. This is, again, this is a crisis. And you're going to get through this the best you can. 
do not freak out about the curriculum. No. Do not freak out. Your child will not fall behind. Everyone's in the same boat right now. Cuddle your kids. Again, they know what's going on. They know something is going on. Spend time with them. Be close to them. Comfort them. Try to show them as much normalcy as possible. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. So let me... um... Let me go with that as well. I yes. was doing a, um, of course, like I said, mine are older, so they kind of are doing their own thing. But, you know, they get work that is sent to them through their school thing, through their emails and stuff, through their school portals, and they do their work. And I don't know what I would do if I was trying to do otherwise. But I do. Ha- I was covering a um, online support group the other day, and one of the moms was really stressing out because she has a one-year-old who has some special needs because he was a preemie, and she's got a three-year-old and a kindergartner. And she's like, I don't, I wasn't really given much information on how to help my kindergartner. I don't know what to do. You know, this is really stressful because I'm trying to keep the other two occupied all day too. And I said, you know what, let me talk to a couple of people. And I, I have a couple of friends who are teachers right? Like legit are mm-hmm. teachers. And I contacted one of them and I was like, what, you know, do you have any words of wisdom for this mom that I can tell her? And I loved her response. I'm looking for it right now because it was just like perfect. Um, because she pretty much said what you were saying, you know, like you shouldn't even worry about it right now this is ridiculous and how can anybody be worried about like homeschooling at this time you know like it's just too much if it's not something that you're used to plus some some women and dads and partners are all trying to work from home too so now you're supposed to work from home and do the homeschooling type stuff yeah. Like, no, no, you're not supposed to. No, no. you're supposed crazy. to get through it the best you can with creating as much comfort for your children as possible. Yeah. So just do that. OK, so I'm looking for it right now. Gosh, do I really text this much during the day? <laughs> like, this Probably. is crazy. I'm like looking all through all this. I stuff. mean, there are, you know, if you need to also it's, you know, it. It's hard. It's hard. So what I will say as a homeschooler, and I honestly don't even identify as a homeschooler. We're more of an unschooling family, so we don't use a lot of curriculum. Um, So a lot of this, the transition from, you know, I didn't have a big academic responsibility come onto my plate. My kids don't go to school. We don't use a lot of curriculum. Um, You know, so for people who were, who their routine was go to work, you know, the kids go to school, you come home. So to have that change from everybody home all day together. Now that I can see is different from what I'm going through because mm-hmm. I'm with my kids all the time. Anyway, I'm used to being nuts about it. So to go from not having that life to having that life, I can see how that would be jarring. Um, so don't put all the pressure on yourself, all the other outside pressure on yourself. You know, try to just create as much fun as you can. We had a dance competition um, where we all took turns dancing. We picked a song and then we posted it on the internet and people voted for their favorite. Oh, how fun. Um, yeah. And we, you know, we make lots of like, you know, we make slime and we draw pictures and we watch shows and we, you know, listen to music. And, you know, you're going to be doing things that are just going to be 
occupying your time, trying to keep them busy, you know, and if there's something that is working, that's keeping them busy, that they're enjoying, go with that. Yeah. If you think, oh, my God, they're falling behind in math because they're not really interested in math right now. Don't don't worry stress. about it. Yeah. Don't worry about that. It's not they're not going to be behind be behind in math when they're 20. No. Like it's not it doesn't work like that. Just let it go and do the things that are working. So what she said was F that it's not possible to homeschool right now. Just emotional health and good parenting. Um, and then another one of my our, my friends that is doing a lot of has a lot of little kids at home. And she said, we've been trying to do a little things each day, some drawing, music, outside time, family meals, games. Um, they don't need little kids don't need a ton of structure, formal stuff. They recommended stuff like the Artful Parent and Wilder Child, which is on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Integrating your kids in like baking and cooking and things like that, where you can do a little bit of math and kind of sneak it in where you can do stuff. Um, you know, yes, you might find yourself unschooling and really love right. it. You know, the things that's how my kids learn math by cooking, by learning about sharks, by just following their interests. Yeah, my and you. This is your opportunity to see how amazed, be amazed how learning happens because they'll be learned. They're learning all the time. One of the other things that I heard, which I think is a great, um, a great suggestion to kind of keep in the back of your mind is that if you are home, if your kid is at school and it, they're in math class for an hour, base that on 25 kids in that class. Do not exactly. be expected to do that same volume with your child at home and even you don't even need to No, and even because you won't be doing what I, there was some statistics sometime about like 80 percent of school is classroom management yeah like you're not doing that you know it's not gonna it's not gonna take like you know 40 hours a week no absolutely not even my kids they might do it you know a couple hours and be done and it's like I have to kind of because I'll be like what do you do it why are you watch tv or why are you playing video games or whatever and I'll be like I'm done I did two hours of my homework today and I'm like, actually, you know what? That's probably more than they do in school, quite honestly, because, you know. Two hours? Definitely. Yeah. So they don't need to be doing six hours of work. You don't need to have them doing No, six don't make hours them do work. that. No. Don't do that. Absolutely not. Just do little things here and there. Um, it's, it's fine. They'll be fine. Yes. Good parenting and mental health. I like that. That's, that's what you need yeah. to focus on Lots right now. Lots of reading. And that came from a teacher. She's a teacher. So, like, right. that is legit. And she has kids that are, I think, like, how old are they? One and a half, five, and seven or something like that. So, you know, she's in the same exact boat and saying, no, no, I'm not even going to. And her kids are, like, at a Montessori school where they do get a lot right. of attention and a lot of things. So it's like, you know what? Just lots of mental health, lots of reading, you know, lots of engagement, it's fine. They might do whatever is making them right. happy. Do more. Might of do it. a little bit more TV right now than you expected to. That's okay too. Let yourself off the hook, especially if you're trying to work at the same time. It's totally okay. Oh my god, yeah, totally okay. And we're gonna put a bunch yeah. of resources up. Um, we've got some really great things for you. So we're gonna post that stuff all on the website. And I mean, you're bound yes. to find something that you're gonna yeah. love. So it's it's all good. All right. I've got two more things. Okay. One more thing. One of them is the account on Instagram called Gypsy and Spice. Um, it's Jenny Thomas, and she has organized an entire database. 
in her highlights, I can't remember what it's called, but if you go to her highlights, you'll see it's like Milk Bank or something. She has connected because of the formula shortage that's going on. That we were just talking about. That we were talking about earlier. She has organized an entire database connecting people who need breast milk or formula with people who have breast milk or formula. It's amazing. So you can go to her if you are in need, if you um, use a bit of formula and you can't find any, you can find formula or some donated breast milk. Go to her highlights. It's Gypsy and Spice. Um, go to her highlights. Click on the milk bank or whatever it is. It's like the second highlight over. You, you'll see it. Um, and you can go through. You can click your state. I think there's multiple countries on there, too. Awesome. And you can find people. You can click on the little profiles in there, and then you'll find people who can help. And you. this is Instagram, right? Not Facebook. This is Instagram, not Facebook. It has to be on Instagram. Okay. Sorry. So if, you need, if you're not on Instagram, you need to create an account and go on there. Um, but it's worth it for somebody to help. And you. then follow us, too. So, yeah. The Badass Breastfeeder and Diane Cassidy. Yeah. What is your thing it's now? Diane Cassidy, IBCLC? Diane O. Cassidy on Instagram. But, um, okay. yeah, my email is Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Okay. So one more thing. And I have to say this as a social worker. <laughs> right now is a very traumatic time. People are going to go through. A tr- this is going to create trauma for people. And if you have trauma in your past, which we all do, it's going to be triggered. Now you're going to say, Abby, I've never been through a pandemic before. It doesn't matter. Trauma doesn't work like that. Trauma lives in your body and trauma triggers trauma. So whatever trauma you have been through, even if you think you haven't been through trauma, likely you have, Mm -hmm. um, you are going to be triggered right now. And you might be struggling with mental health issues that, um, that you thought were resolved you know, that you haven't dealt with in a really long time, that, you know, you might be feeling anxiety and depression that you thought you weren't going to feel again in your life. Um, And if that's happening to you, you are absolutely not alone. It is totally normal to go through something like that in a time like this. Mm -hmm. We have never lived through a time like this. I was in New York City on 9-11, and I can tell you, this is worse than 9-11. Wow. This is very traumatic. Well, that was one day, right? Right. It was one event that kind of unfolded all of these things. This is ongoing. You wake up every single day. Is it over yet? When is it going to end? It just keeps going. And the future is uncertain. And I mean, 9-11 was 20 years ago, so maybe I blocked out like the, some of that feeling. But I mean, I certainly had some of that feeling, you know, of like, when is when are things to be normal again? And, you know, things were never normal again. Things right. changed. Yeah, things changed. And we found a new normal. And we have to believe that we're going to find a new normal through this, too. But this is, you know, you're waking up every day. It's like Groundhog Day. (laughs) My God, it's still here. Oh, my God, it's still, you know, this. If you're feeling this trauma, if you're feeling these things, you are not alone. And it is normal. And, um, you know, there's help out there, obviously, if you need. um, I think that there's counselors and stuff that are setting up online. My therapist always was. Yeah. Um, you can find help, but I just, you know, this whole episode isn't about this, but I just want you to know that if you are feeling traumatized right now, you're not overreacting. No, this is a normal feeling that somebody would have during a pandemic. And I, one of the things that brings me comfort is reminding myself that we are all in this. Whereas like with 9-11, people around the world were probably like, oh my God, that's 
horrible, but they weren't dealing with it. You know, like it was just, they were seeing it happen. They were seeing it unfold. They were seeing us do the cleanup and moving on with their day. This is all over. This is everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all out of work. We're all stuck inside. We're all homeschooling. We're all, you know, like worried about what's going to come next. We're all like, oh my gosh, not getting dressed. And, you know, I haven't been dressed in a week. But right. like, this is all of us, except for a very select few who are deemed essential and have to go out every day that, you know, whatever. But right, right. That brings and- me when I start to panic about like, oh my God, income or, you know, like all the other things, I'm just like, this is everybody, though. This is everybody right now. Yep. So there's a lot of resources available because we're all going through it. So that is a really good thing about it. Like there's people who are setting things up to make this a little bit easier for you to still yeah. stay engaged. And we do have the Internet now, which is just a complete game changer. Yeah, it is. I can imagine like if you're trying to go through this without the without that kind of, yeah. you know, the way that a lot of the world is going through it right now without internet, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that we've been through pandemics in history without internet, you know, people were, well, pandemics. I mean, I guess that wouldn't happen until flying happened, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could do without the media, but, um, yeah, you know, and I say for, as far as coping, you know, like I, I have just gotten to the point where I'm not really going on Facebook in my newsfeed, yeah. you know, like I'm posting things and I'm looking at comments under pictures of my kids, but I'm not going in my newsfeed. I turned off all the news alerts. Um, I just, I can't, it's too, it's too much. It's overwhelming. It doesn't help me get through my day. Yeah. It doesn't change anything for me to know that, you know, there's 10,000 more cases in my city. Right. You know, I can't do anything about that. I'm already in my house. I'm already doing everything that I have control over. So to know that only causes me extreme anxiety. Right. It doesn't provide me with any, you know, anything useful. Right. Um, so, you know, I think if you got to turn it off, you know, if you got to turn us off. <laughs> if you got, Don't you know, me. if you saw the title of this episode and you're just like, oh, God, I can't, I can't do it. About it. Yeah. We get it. I get it. We get it. Totally get it. We get it. So feel free to turn it off. You know, it's not, it's not, I know we have this, like, this obsession with media in our culture of, like, you have to know everything that's going on all the time from every single news source. It's that you don't. You don't need to know everybody's spin on every aspect of this. And quite honestly, with this, what you read yesterday is going to be different today anyway. So... Just stay in your house and wash your hands. Yeah, that's all. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do right now. And we're going to get through this. And I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Totally okay. Maybe we can come up next week. We'll have that episode of just like funny stories or something. Oh, my God. I remember we did that last time. It was hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But everybody stay safe. Yeah. Stay with your baby. Stay home and wash your hands. Keep breastfeeding. Yes. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.